0: Well, I hope today is encouraging. I really, you know, I used to preach 15, 20 minutes talking to Jeff Lowe the other day. So we're going to go old school today. Uh, And it's not because I want a short message, but really there's just one point. And a lot of times we need three or four, but sometimes there's just one thing. Jesus told the rich young ruler, you lack one thing. And we thought it was just the riches. But Jesus says, go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and then come follow me. And we focus on what the giving was, but not what the getting was. He was getting Jesus. And he just kept looking at what he had to give up, but it was one thing. One thing can pivot your whole life. And I'm going to look at the book of Esther. But before I do, I want to lay the groundwork of this book. Because, you know, critics will say the Bible was written by a bunch of men. And the implication is, without saying it, is that 10 men got in a room and came up with the story, let's create a world religion. But really, this is written over 1,500 years, three continents, 40 authors, and it all ties together. People that didn't know know one another, didn't live with one another, wrote separate. Only God can put it together. The Book of Mormon was written by one person, and it's full of contradictions. The Quran, one person, is full of contradictions, and the Jews rejected their Messiah. So, if you're going to come up with a story, you're not going to reject the one that you come up with. You're not going to kill the one and have martyrs. You're going to make a, a smooth, like cult, like story. So, when we when we look at this, I want you to know you can trust God not because I don't believe God just because of the Bible. There's I believe God because He's real. I believe God because He's true. You can there's. Uh, David wrote about the crucifixion a 1,000 years before Jesus was born, 600 years before they even came up with it. And I've seen testimonies of Jewish people when they were reading Psalms 22. They're like, that's the crucifixion. And they became saved because God can open your eyes. Amen. It's just not the road to Emmaus. God needs to open your eyes because you can read this without him and not get as much with him because he can bring you to a place where you didn't think you know. But one thing can pivot your whole life. When you receive Christ, he was at work in your hands, so I want to look at the book of Esther, but I want to lay the groundwork because the Jewish people were in Jerusalem, Israel, and Judea. There was different kingdoms, and they prophesied, Jeremiah, and those prophesied, hey, you guys are going to be exiled. You've been disobedient. You're going to be exiled. And so they go, oh, no, we're not going to be exiled. Forget you. You know, you put a false prophet, put him in jail. And they were exiled to Babylon. then Isaiah prophesied that, hey, uh, you know, Cyrus is going to be the king. He's going to, you know, Nehemiah and all those would come down and they they came back down. But some stayed in Babylon. Some stayed. And then the Medes and Persians took them over. And that's where we find Esther was the Medes and the Persians. And we think we just read these prophecies. Sometimes it's 500 years, 300 years, 200 years. And sometimes it's just a little. Isaiah prophesied that Cyrus, you know, and if you don't know, there's There's a lot of historians before videos and Internet and before things, there was historians and they would write certain things down. And one of the most famous ones is Josephus. And he actually took he recorded the words of Isaiah to Cyrus going, look, Isaiah wrote about you before you were born. It says after Cyrus read Isaiah's prophecies, this is not from the Bible. This is from a historian. An earnest desire and ambition seized upon him to fulfill what so was written. So he called for the most eminent Jews that were in Babylon. Because here was a man that read about, and Josephus probably didn't use the word prophecy. He said, look, he wrote you in a book and your name was written before you were born. Friends, that's a non-believer. How much more should we go, God, what have you written about me before the foundation of the world? That was a non-believer who goes. My name is is written. He knows your name. He knows where you sit. He's. It's a tapestry. Even with he can he can bring you back even when you mess up. He and they say, oh, God's not mentioned in Esther, but his handprint is even before you mentioned the name God. His handprint was on your life. So here's Esther, and she was her parents died, and Mordecai her cousin raised her, and the king had a feast, and his wife was didn't come out like he wanted to, so he wanted a new queen to show his beauty. It was a feast, and it was 127 provinces. I want you to remember that. This king was not just over one little city. He was over 127 provinces. From Africa to India, it was spread out, and Jewish people lived in all those provinces. So what he declared here was for everybody. And so they had a, new, they had a contest for a new queen, and Esther went, and God gave her a favor, and, and Mordecai says, don't tell anybody you're a Jew. So they didn't know she was a Jew, and God gave her favor and the king picked her. And now there's Esther, who's the queen. And Haman is the is his right-hand man. Say Haman. Haman. He's a he's an evil guy. He wanted to. So he would come out and he was second in charge, and everybody would bow down except Mordecai. And he didn't like that. So he said, I'm gonna kill this Mordecai. So he went home and says this, and he found out Mordecai was a Jew. So he just didn't want to kill him. He wanted to wipe everybody out. So he comes home and tells his wife and his friends Mordecai the Jew and they said, have gallows hung. Have gallows hung. And so he was going to go in and he was going to go in. His gallows hung and he, t- he went to the king. And he goes, there's a people group. He didn't mention who the Jews. There's a people group who live in your land. They don't have your laws. They don't have your rules. And the king says, do what you want. He goes, I'm going to extinguish them all. So he Here's Haman, just picture it. Here's Haman going in to tell the king. But let's look in Esther chapter 6. And here is my one point. So the gallows was hung. He was going to hang, He put it up, to show, basically to show, this is what we're going to do to the Jews and the Haman. But the Bible says, see, the Bible says. The Bible says that was written over 1,500 years, three continents, 40 authors, The Bible says the word of God. It is the word of God. Say the word of God. It's not just typewritten. When you quote the Bible, there's life on these words. It's not just a history book. God's not a history teacher. It's his faithful. It shows the faithfulness of God. The Bible says that night, say that night, that night, the king could not sleep. It had to be that night. It couldn't be another night. Why that night? Because God made that promise to Abraham. God will do things in your life. Because he made a promise over here. That night, the king couldn't sleep. So one was commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of two people at the king's gate that were going to kill. See, Mordecai's at the king's gate. Esther's in the king's palace. And Mordecai hears about a plot to kill the king. So he tells... Someone who tells Esther, who tells the king, they investigated and they kill those two people. But nothing was done for him at that time. You think you've missed some things or God didn't show up over here. It's because it's for this season over here. So there's Mordecai who said, and nothing was done for him at that time. But that night, the king couldn't sleep. Now, he's a king. He can ask for anything. He has a harem of women. He has food. He can bring in Cammie Mullins, make him laugh. He can do a lot of things. But he brought in the book of the Chronicles. It had to be that night and it had to be that book. And he read it, and they read it, and they read it. How do you know they read it all night? Because he read it all the way to the morning. And they, then when they said, hey, what was, what was ever done for Mordecai? Because they're reading the history. And then Mordecai told the two people that were going to kill you, king. And he says, what was it? Nothing was ever done. So at that time, Haman was coming in at the same moment in the morning. And he told Haman, hey, what should the king do for someone that wants to honor the king? And the Bible says Haman thought it was him. So he was about to tell the king, we're going to go kill Mordecai but before he could speak the king spoke to him and says what should be done for the honor of the king it had to be in that moment there's things that it can't be another day friends god has to do it that day it was that night now it doesn't say god kept them up but you see the handprint of god even before you gave god glory and credit he was guiding your life in the 8th grade i sat next to paul blendy it had to be that class it had to be that kid and that kid turned to me and says do you want to be born again there's things you can trust him with your promises because god made a promise It was that promise to Abram and Sarah, I will make you a great nation. And he can't be a great nation if he wipes out the Jewish people in 127 promises. Jesus never would have been born. You never would have heard of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There would be no genealogies because of that night. So you have the story and the history and the weaving, but there's moments in destiny when your whole life pivots. And this is one of the pivots in the book of Esther. And it pivots because the king couldn't sleep. So he he had a thought. Read the book of Chronicles. And then they read and read and read and read. He didn't get tired. Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. And so Haman says, take a horse that the king's ridden on. Take a robe that the king's wore. Put a crest. Put him on the horse. And this is what, (laughs) it's just so goofy. This is what will be done to someone who honors the king. So there's Mordecai on the horse who Haman wanted to kill, who's leading him around. The very thing that wanted to kill you can bring you life because God can turn it around. And so they had the gallows, and then he comes back, and he goes back to his family, and he's all, like, shaking and goes, this is what happened, Mordecai the Jew. And they go, oh, if he's Jew, you're going to fall before him. You just said earlier you knew he was a Jew. This is the plan. God even used his own people, his own family to set him up. So then... He went back, and there's Mordecai, and then, but the decree, a decree was written to kill all the Jewish people, because Haman says, hey, I just don't want to kill Mordecai. I want to kill all the Jewish people, and they sent letters out, and they sent uh, throughout the city, all the provinces in different languages. It says different languages because his kingdom was vast. All the Jewish people are going to die on a certain day. That's where, and they, it, they cast lots for it, and so so Haman threw the lots, and pure for lot and pure pure for, for lots, plural. And so he casts lots and goes, This is the day that they're gonna die. So Mordecai put sackcloths and ashes and he goes, tell he goes, tell Esther to go before the king. And Esther gives him a report, You can't go in before the king. If he doesn't request you, you die. And she goes, It's been thirty days. And and Mordecai says, If you don't speak up, deliverance will come from another place. But do not think you will be spared. Friends, we think it's always Someone else who can pray or someone else who can give or someone else can go to the nation. But and Esther at first wanted to play it safe. You can play it safe. Your destiny is not safe. Your purpose is not. Sometimes sharing the gospel with loved ones is not safe. And family is the hardest. Family is the hardest mission field. I go to Mexico, I'll tell you what, I go to wars. Family is the hardest mission field, even for Jesus. We know you. We know your past. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Jesus' half brothers said, 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 go, you know, just go. Go away if you want to be well known. And so you can play it safe like Esher, but then she just say, and so after Mordecai gave her the report, she goes, Fast and pray for three days. Have everybody fast and pray. And she goes, I'll go before the king. And she goes, If I die, I die. We have to be willing to go before our King Jesus and die to the things that keep us alive and keep us from our purpose and destiny. Because there's things that we have that we don't, that we think we can keep, and he wants to get rid of us so we can fulfill our purpose and destiny. So he couldn't sleep, and so Mordecai is still alive. And so Haman, H- 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 Haman comes in, and Esther has a banquet, and she invites Haman. And Haman thinks, oh, I'm going to be just with the king, and he brags about it. Only I am in the king in this banquet. And he comes to the banquet, and, and the king goes, what's your request? And she goes, well, just come back tomorrow. He goes, what's your request? And she goes, my people will be saved. And there's a, there's a, there's a wicked person and there's a decree wants to kill my people. And he goes, who is it? She goes, this wicked Haman. And then someone says, when the king comes back in, and someone says, just out of a random, look, the gallows that he made for Mordecai who saved your life is hanging up. And he goes, put him on it. Put him on it. So Satan put Jesus on the cross thinking Jesus was going to die. But at that moment, who really died was Satan, his kingdom. His power was taken away his power, he he stripped the enemy bare, and so whatever he's causing in your life, and you go, this is the thing that's ended me. No, friends, when you give it to Jesus, he can redeem everything. Redeemer is not just a word, it's what he does. He washes away your past, he gives you a future, he changes your character. How much can we really be like Jesus? No, no, really. How much? These are not just principles to be nicer, or live good, or be kinder. We actually can be like Jesus. We actually can have communication with the Father. We actually, when we see things in the natural, we don't have to say, we stop there. We actually can speak life. I Actually, you can see my brother cutting his arms, burning his arms, seeing him in the natural, but knowing in the spirit, one day you shall be saved. God had to keep the king awake that night because he made a promise to Abram. See, God doesn't forget, we forget, but he made the covenant with Abram. He put Abraham asleep. Why? Because it was with God Himself that He made the covenant. Abraham, it's not on you, it's not on your disobedience, it's on me, and forever and ever this covenant will be. And God walked through the animals that are cut. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, study it, study it, study it. I was in the eighth grade, I didn't understand this book. I go to church I don't understand. I still have to study it. Friends, God wants to speak to you in your quiet time, not just today. If you don't understand something, you have a choice. You can go back and study this book, this living word, 1500 years, three continents, 40 authors, and it all makes sense. Or you can go, I just don't understand it. If you really want to know Him, you can really know Him. Nothing can obstruct you. Nothing can Well, John, I wasn't, I wasn't raised a Christian. It's not how you're raised. It's how you want to be seen in the future. He's your Father. He knows you. He knows where you live. He knows. And that night, you're not going to sleep. Why do I got to keep the king awake? Because you got to reverse yourself. I made a promise to a man and a woman, you become a great nation, and you cannot wipe out my people. Amen? I heard it said, if you want to wipe out God's people, you got to wipe out God first. Friend, that'll never happen. Hitler tried it. Haman tried it. And when the devil wants to come against your promises, you know there's a God that's backing it up. And Haman was sleeping that night, not knowing what's going on. God does things in your night when you are at rest. When you are resting, he's doing things you know not of. But you can trust him. John, I don't see it. You can trust him. God, I don't need, need it. I can trust him. I was babysitting uh, a friend of mine, his, his daughter. She's so cute. He had babysitter, and she was on these monkey bars outside. So she'd go, and uh, I was behind her, and i go, let go. And she wouldn't let go. Let go. So her dad came behind her because he got home at that time. and He saw what I was doing, and he just goes, let go. And she let go. Why? She did not see him. She heard her father's voice. When you hear your father's voice and you know him and you can trust him, he's not like your earthly dad. Father is not just a name they give him. It's really who he really is. When Jesus came, I came to fully display the father. Everything Jesus did, the Father's civil approval was on it. When they wanted to stone the woman that was caught in adultery, the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit stepped in. They see Jesus in the flesh, but he was obeying the Father. And he stopped in. Moses said, That's the standard. You're not going to go against Moses. Moses said, Before, or Abraham, see, before they were born, I was. I created everything. And so I say, And many times Jesus said, it's been said, but I say, we need to stop saying what we've been saying all the time and listen to what he's saying. I say, this is all the money I'll ever make. I say, this is the only countries I'll ever visit. I'll say, this is the people I'll ever know. So that night had to be, he had to stay awake and he had to read that book and it had to be at that time and it had to be that story. And if he did something for Mordecai earlier, he never would have done it here. So it was hidden for time. That thing, that that development, that promise, that ging was given, you thought, oh, every seed I've sown and everybody I've served, friends. You didn't, if you did it for them, you can forget it. But if you did it for the king of kings, he still has it in his heart. He knows when to bless you or change you or this. And he has some that nights because he made that promise to you if we keep walking and trusting with him. The problem is we go by what we see in the natural. We see the decree on the wall. Death. We see what happened to us. Molestation. We see what was written over our life. Let's just be real. This. Rejection. I remember my parents getting divorced. I remember driving. My mom would come visit us. I remember she'd leave. I just felt such rejection. Now, as a little boy, you don't understand that my dad was emotionally abusive and, uh, you know, he would drink a lot. He was a functioning alcoholic because he held a job. He was hard work. I got a lot of good things from my dad. But I didn't know the hell my mom went through. As an adult, I can go, I don't know how she lasted 13 years. But as a kid, you don't get that. That's still the wound. And so he has to go back and heal that wound. Why? Because you still carry that rejection when you someone says this or someone says that or the face they made or this and that. See, when I'm accepted in him, then I don't need you to accept me. Now, yes, he brings people in your life to accept you and love you because we all need that. But when that doesn't happen, I still can go to the Father and lay my head at night. When everybody rejected Jesus, he was still one with the Father. Friends, that's Jesus. No, isn't he our example? As he is, so are we in the world doesn't what the Bible says and we just think it's signs wonders and miracles how about about really knowing the father when he says something we actually believe in God look I see the writing on the wall that says death but I trust you and I trust you and I can rest and sleep and while I'll sleep the king's still awake and he has to read that book and that story at that time God has divine appointments and intersections how will we have a revival how will we do this how will you do it? friends when you trust God he has those things assigned for you before the foundation of the world God already saw it written out. Look, Cyrus, look, Isaiah wrote about you. It's one of the scrolls they found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. They found the whole book of Isaiah in a scroll about 26 feet long. Friends, it's funny how you can read about Alexander the Great and just believe it, but when God says something, then people go, oh, I question it. Why? I question the prophecy. Why? Because if you don't believe something and you come to that as a critic, then you, everything li- has to line up with that. I don't believe in prophecy, therefore Isaiah wrote it later. Really? Because Cyrus Read it and believed it, and he wasn't a non believer. What sh- shouldn't we believe? Purpose and destiny over our life. I made you, I, I wiped away your, uh, your sins. I don't really believe that because I don't feel it. See, we want to go where I'm going to marry, who I'm going to do this, and yet a lot of times we don't even believe what's written in this. The basics God forgave you of your sins, but I don't feel it. I still feel guilt, condemnation. Why? That's, that's the writing on the wall. That's not the, the Father speaking over your life. He, uh, I, was this, I remember the story where a pastor was preaching, and he said, what did she do in her past? And he goes, I don't know. And God says, either do I. And he told her, and she wept. That's the way the Father feels about our sins. That's the way he feels. Now, we don't. We don't. Why? So it's like when I go to Mexico, a lot of people are out of the Catholic church, and they come to the altars, and they're saved now. But you can see, you can just feel the condemnation and guilt on so many. And why? Because the Catholic church, especially in Mexico, it breeds that. Are you ever really good enough, you know, the, the sins? you got to say this many Our Fathers and Hail Marys and Purgatories. Like, we have Catholic light in America. In Mexico, they don't do Catholic light. They do, like, the real deal, holy field, friends. They, they're still Purgatory and all those things. And so I talk to Catholics. I don't criticize Catholics. I talk about their church. I had a, a Mormon. Even the Mormons, the Mormons came to my door one time, and I was talking to him, and he goes, I don't believe that. And I go, I don't say, I'm not saying you do. I'm telling you what your church teaches. Your church teaches that. So you want to take your Mormon church, come to my door, and dilute it and have your own thinking. But we, st- we do the same thing. We dilute this word the same way, to fit our narrative, not the narrative of Daniel and Ezra and all these Nehemiahs in the story. Friends, this book is going to finish just as it is written. And your life can finish just as he has written if you walk with the Father. Now, you, you have a choice. You have choices. You can disobey. You can do this. But that's his intent. Prophecy is foretelling and foretelling. That is the intention of God for your life. People come in, they get a prophecy, a promise, a word, and they leave. Why? Because the natural writings, it says it's going to kill them. What the king said. But there's a greater king than King Harris, that overrid what he wrote. And then Haman, if you look look at Haman, was the second in charge. If you read Esther, I encourage you to read it on your own time. God will show show some things. He switched it. At the end of Esther, Mordecai's second in charge. Mordecai has the signet ring. Mordecai's next to the king. And Jesus did the same thing for you. He gave you the signet ring when you pray in his will, you can, you can you know, according to his will. The Bible says if you pray according to his, his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you have what you asked. The problem is we don't know his will. We think we know his will, but we don't know his will. It's will for you to share the gospel. It's not just his will for you just to be, that's not my personality. Friends, you don't need to be like me. He can use you just as you are. You're just the channel. He's the source. You can be quiet, loud, timed. You don't have to be like me. In fact, don't be like me. You're going to annoy some people. You just be like you. You need to be like you. So Jesus was our example. How much can Jesus we really be like? Is it just the miracles and signs and wonders and healings? Or is it actually his nature and character of love and kindness? Is it just part of it or is it all of it? Is it when I fall down, the righteous man falls seven times? Well, how does he fall for seven times? But he gets back up. It didn't say one time, two time, three time. And I'm not talking go out and sin. I'm talking about no matter what you've done, you can give it to the Redeemer and he can redeem time. And what's taken you this long to get here can just be a short little time. Because Jesus took thousands of years and hundreds of prophecies and he condensed them in three and a half years over 30. Friends, the odds of that happening, when you look at this book objectively, you cannot deny it objectively. When you look at your life, you can see his hand. So Lord, I thank you, God, for working in everybody's life. I thank you there's some that nights because it was that promise. I thank you that night could, could that promise. And he just didn't wake the king up because God had nothing better to do. It's because he made a promise. And because you make a promise, you will do things that we have not seen, I has not heard. Behold, I do a new thing. Lord, I thank you those that don't know you, the sound of the voice who will listen can come to you and say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you're the son of God. And you will, but the Bible says, be born again. He washes away your past, but then you can know his voice and know his future. Amen? See, they just aren't principles. Go to church. Learn how to be a better person, okay? Return my grocery cart to the store. Be a nice person. You know, do unto others. You know, those are low level. I'll tell you what high level is. Sitting with him and hearing his voice and letting him speak over you what he has for you. Because many of us would be shocked. And it's not just stuff we're going to do for him. It's no good just to do stuff for him, but not know him. Because I can get instructions from people that are in the headquarters or bosses, and and you can get a list of stuff to do, but not know them. And you can do it without knowing them. You can go there without knowing him, really knowing him. Because I just don't want to go to Mexico and teach principles or laws or stories or friends those are actually accounts because if he did that for them isn't he faithful to do it for you isn't it when he gives you a promise or shows you something paul that he actually can bring it to pass even when the writing looks like it doesn't happen this is in my bank account. This is my past. This is what mom said. This is what dad said. These are the ordinances that's on the wall. But there's some other ordinances, and the ordinances are written in blood over the doorpost. and it's, it's the angel of death that passes your house, and God has purpose and destiny for you. And the one thing is that night because of that promise, and I don't know what promises he's made over your life, but when we really know him, we're not just walking out things to do. We're actually walking with him. He doesn't give us instruction, and then I leave. When I go to Mexico, he doesn't stay at the epicenter. He goes with me. When you leave those doors, he's still inside of you. God does not live inside these four walls. He's here because we're here. So wherever you are, wherever you are, the Holy Spirit is. That means you can lean on him. You can trust him. You can believe him. He's he's the counselor. He's the comforter. He's the, you know, this will be my last story. In Mount Everest, they climb Mount Everest. These people climb Mount Everest and they use the people, actually the locals and the indigenous people called Sherpas. And they don't when you climb Mount Everest, it's the Sherpas who do the work. They know the path. They carry the heavy load. Even the first person that had climbed Mount Everest, he had a Sherpa. And so the Holy Spirit sometimes is like a Sherpa. He doesn't get the glory. He doesn't get the credit. He gives us our course. He carries the heavy loads. And then we stand on the mountain. I started this ministry. I did this. I went here. And all the, there's a Sherpa next to you that carried the loads and carried the bag and showed you. How, friends, the Holy Spirit is the one that knows everything. He knows what building to get and where to go. He knows the little things. He knows the practicals. He knows the children. He knows the purpose. He knows the destiny. There's nothing he doesn't know. He knows this book inside and out. So when you're reading it, you're reading with the Holy Spirit, and he's showing you stuff. Not John, not Pastor Easy, not Pastor Lena. The Holy Spirit is actually showing you stuff. So if there's one thing you can get from my life, it's to encourage you to go and sit at his feet, not just listening to good sermons, because good sermons are second messengers. But when you sit at his feet, and you hear his voice, and he speaks to you directly, Direct. There is one mediator between man and God, the man Jesus Christ. I don't need a priest. I don't need this. Teachers are good, pastors are good, but it's to encourage to know Him, not just things about Him. I love history. I love studying those things, but you can't stop there. You can't stop in the Book of Esther. You can't stop in man. You can't stop in Revelation. He's still writing over your life. He is the author and finish over your life. What do you mean? He has the pen, or do you have the pen? Because when you have the pen, you can stop in chapter six, honey. Let me tell you, you're not in chapter six. You got to keep reading. John, how was the book? I know there's 13 chapters, and I only read chapter 8. Why don't you keep reading? We can't stop. When God gives us a promise, we cannot stop and go, I don't see it. You can. You can make that choice. Or you can go, Holy Spirit, you can be honest with him. Look, this is what they say. This is what I've been told. This is what I think. What do you say? Because Jesus, you said, it's been said, but what do you say? Because Jesus said, my words have spirit, and they have life. And the people would listen to Jesus, and they go, he's not like the scribes and Pharisees. He's one that speaks with authority. You know, they taught in parables. Scribes and Pharisees taught in parables before Jesus, but without authority. See, so God comes along and gives authority. He has the authority to change what he really says. So when he, when he says something through your life, he has the authority to change what was before. Because if I look at my family and my generation and my family tree, I can only go, go this high. Let's be honest. This is... The greatest person in my past, they did this. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this. No, God, what do you say? And it's not about being well-known, but it is about being effective for the kingdom because God has millions of people that we don't know, that aren't on stages, that'll never have a mic, they have no podcast, they have no TikTok, they have no Facebook, but they're effective in the kingdom. And if you want to be effective in the kingdom, you can lay down all that popular stuff and and likes and this. Doesn't mean some of you will get it, some of you won't, but it's not about that, it's about the king of kings. So Jesus, we want to exalt you in this place. That means everything you say, we say yes and amen. Not just when we feel like it or it looks like it or it sees like it, we say yes and amen when it's dark. We say yes and amen when Haman hates us. We say yes and amen when they say he didn't bow, We're not bowing to the world system of what people said over us. We are standing with the King of kings. Amen.